and welcome back. This is episode 10. Finally get it right. Episode 10 and this is after that paranormal quest. I'm your host Dave. Uh, just me again today unfortunately. Uh, the other two, Michelle and Brett, are busy and elsewhere doing stuff with family and stuff or whatnot. So I don't mind doing the recordings. I, I, kind, of, I kind of enjoy them. Um, this episode again is not based on pretty much anything dedicated. It's just going to be pretty much this, that, and everything in between. Um, but I will admit one thing though. Uh, I've just, well, basically my editing computer. I've, uh, I've got a new uh, keyboard. So I went out, bought, bought this keyboard, brought it back, as you do. Lights up, really thin, and it's wireless, which I wanted. Um, looks apart. So I uh, came in, went to go and take my old laptop, um, my old keyboard off my computer, off. And as I was pulling the cable, it snapped literally where the USB port goes into my USB hub. It literally just snapped completely and left a tiny bit of wires left, four little, little ditty wires. And then I looked at the screen, my computer screen, and it dawned on me. Damn it, Dave. You need to put the password in. So I was like, damn, what do I do now? So for the next hour, <laughs> I had my USB plugged back in, the little part that snapped, that was plugged back into the actual docking thing, what I've got where all my USBs go into. And these little wires were sticking out, and I'd stripped bits of plastic off these wires to show the copper. And I spent an hour trying to make sure that these four ways touch every society so the keyboard lit back up and I can type my password back in to get my lock screen off. Finally did it in the end. It took a while, but tested my patience as well more than anything. Uh, but I got there in the end. So moral of the story, if you're going to buy anything new, don't be hesitant and put it on straight away. Take your time. And if it doesn't come out straight away, you lead. Don't pull it. I just lost my temper for a split second, pulled it and it snapped. And for the next hour, it took me to, to get it fixed, to repair my damage, so to speak. So, yeah, that was my story for the last hour, so I could actually get on my computer and actually make the recording. I had to actually physically do what I've just said. So, got there in the end, though. It's all fun and glory. Uh, we do have questions that have been sent in. They'll be read out today and answered, of course. Uh, first thing I do want to mention, though, and I'm pretty gutted and shocked that I said this in the last couple of episodes ago. Schneid Twain lost her voice. She doesn't sing no more. Clearly she does, and clearly she hasn't lost her voice. Because if anyone follows Coachella, you've ever heard of it, big massive festival in California, actually in the Colorado desert, uh, half a million people went to it, and it was spread over two weekends, so it was like a quarter of a million each weekend. And Schneid Twain and Harry Styles... Did a duet. Well, it was Harry Styles singing first, and Shania Twain came on, and she uh, she helped him with a, with a number with a song. Uh, Soon as I seen it on social media, I was like, oh god damn it! That just puts a total stop to what I mentioned her losing her voice. She, but part of it is true. She did lose her voice. Uh, she had problems with the throat, so she doesn't sing like she used to. Um, but Coachella must have paid her very well because she hasn't been um, on stage for a hell of a long time. So seeing her doing that. And she looked fantastic, by the way. See, they do that was uh, was brilliant. It really was. So yeah, going back a few episodes ago, yes, I must admit I was wrong on that one. But hey ho, we get things wrong. Um, next topic that I have actually written down. Wow, Ghost Adventures. Has anyone seen their last episode? It was on Thursday. So I'm recording this now Sunday. It was on Thursday, just gone. Uh, wow, you, you can't beat it. He's he's just one of those where sometimes you'll have a few episodes where they're just. Not up to par to the standard, I believe, that people might presume Ghost Adventures should be at, which you're going to get. But this last episode, it just shows that the technology that they do use is absolutely fantastic and it's 10 times above probably most paranormal teams use. Their, their technology is 10 times above it. I think it always will be as well, to be honest with you. They've got the finances to back it up, so they'll always have that technology. I mean, we've got similar technology to them. SLS, um, cause you get your normal um, EVP machines and well recorders even um, your SLS like I mentioned. And what else do they use? That's very similar to us. Um, 
uh, EMFs, stuff like that, but they use the digital type of EMF. I've got the digital type one myself, but I tend to use my analog more because the analog one, the screen's a lot more easier to see on your, on your video camera. But yeah, so pretty much their technology, it is, it's, it's, it's really, really good. Um, I must admit they were a bit extravagant in the, the way they jump and uh, I don't know, I, some, of, some of it does look very, very acted, but overall, very impressed with that last episode. Um, but they did actually mention um, May the 19th, the big update, they're going to be doing home visits and house calls, like a spin-off for Discovery. I'm shocked that they've not actually done this before, which is something that you think they would do previously, but no, clearly they haven't because it's, uh, it's a big, massive uh, release on their part regarding doing this. The other thing that I would actually like to mention is how many of these houses are actually haunted and how many of these people that own the houses contact Ghost Adventures because they're massive fans and they just want them down at their house and want to get a bit of TV coverage. I don't know. I presume their team has actually done the logistics before they go to these locations, but... Yeah, that's another thing Ghost Adventures are, are looking at trying to do. And I must admit, I'm looking forward to that myself, just to seeing how that goes. Um, I mean, we've, we've done home visits in the past. I've done a Scunthorpe one, I did a Grimsby one, which are two local areas near to where I live in England. Um, and both of them went really well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that with Ghost Adventures. Uh, I must admit, it is cool. I know a bit of uh, tech that they do use. They're SLS camera. Now, I'm obsessed with it to the point where I've actually literally every time I use it I'm looking at what it says on the screen or just to try and give me an idea of what technology they've used to get it as it is and then it came to me and it dawned on me on the latest episode I thought it was one camera doing three things so that one camera doing the night vision doing the SLS spectrum and doing the full spectrum so three images in one it isn't what it is if you look closely you've got a camera attachment on on his main attachment where his um, computer screen thing is that he holds his gimbal in his hand he's got a camera above there he's got a camera attached to his chest and he's got a camera in his arm so it's actually three independent cameras one doing the night vision one doing the sls spectrum and one doing the full spectrum and then what they do is the entwine and the editing suite at the end which is possible for us i've mentioned it to brett i said look if they can do it we can do it uh, in all fairness, it's something that if we had the technology now, which literally wouldn't take us long to sort out and make, I could edit it for sure as a three separate in images and just entwine them as a either split screen on our edits or entwine it where the images overlap each other, uh, which is very much possible in the editing uh, software that I've got. So that's definitely another avenue that we're looking at regarding technology because we need we need to be a bit more in front regarding technology and of course the BS to resistance is Ghost Adventures and I think uh, the technology they've got there, uh, what they're currently using now is really, really good. So yeah, don't like to be a copycat or anything, but yeah, we are looking at doing that. So our latest investigation, mega, mega, mega stats. We did RF Driffield. Now RF Driffield, it's a location in England again. Um, not far from where I live in Hull in Yorkshire, so it's just on the outskirts near enough, uh, half an hour away, an hour away, something like that, tops. And we did an investigation there, me and Brett went there. Now getting in and out was a bit of a pain, we'd never been there before, we'd seen previous videos from uh, previous paranormal teams that had been there, as you do, you, you check it out. Uh, but the access scenario, we just wasn't too sure at the time, so of course we rocked up at about, I don't know, half seven, eight o'clock in the evening just a bit of daylight left so we had enough to see we could see where we were going uh, <laughs> and we made a bit of a bobo so to get in we presume we had to climb over this one fence um i'm not the lightest of frames uh brett's the opposite end of the spectrum to me so he was wrapped up a drain pipe he was he straight over it and then of course i managed to nimble my little way over it as well only to then walk further down and we realised there's a massive hole in the fence anyway, so we didn't actually need to climb in the first place, which was all fun and glory at the start of an investigation. Luckily enough, no equipment was broken and no trousers were ripped, so all good on that front. On that front. But yeah, so we got to this location. As soon as we got in, finally, uh, we scoped it out. It was huge. Way, way bigger than we thought. I'm not kidding you when I say there was probably 
around about 10 to 12 properties or buildings sorry on this plot uh, it's an old RAF base so um, literally you have your five main runways and surrounding the runways you'd have all your outhousing so yeah where your, your, your pilots in hierarchy would stay because it had been, uh, been a 24 hour operation when it was used in the wars everyone would have to be on site so all the buildings were all pretty much still intact and on there um, and the dwellings where all the office work and all that stuff and all that, that that's all there as well uh, I think some of the hangars are actually still there as well we could only, by the time we got there, we only managed to get around five, maybe six of them. And that's pure to the fact is that it was pitch black. Couldn't see our hand in front of our face. Relying on light that we bought only. We had no other light to rely on. So, yeah, we got there. We had a walk around. Just have to take a feel, feel of the place more than anything. We knew when we got there, me and Brett, that we had our access in, which we already did. Uh, and we also had our quick access out. Um, we wasn't on private ground at this point, so we didn't really worry about the police. Worry about the police, sorry, coming or anything like that because there was no signage or anything going in there since private ground. Police stay out, nothing of the sort. It just mentions something about security that does roam around every so often just to make sure that nothing dodgy goes on on there, like anyone breaking in anything or damaging or anything like that. But we didn't see him for the hours that we was there, so we didn't have to worry about that either. So we just go around and we went into our first building, which is the one right in front of us at the present time. It was the closest one to us. We had a, we had a walk through, and literally it was uh, eerie as hell. So the main corridor that we first walked down, me and Brett both said simultaneously, oh, we've both got a heavy feeling here. We have got a heavy feeling here. Uh, it just felt somewhat awkward and somewhat not right. So, of course, we kept that in the back of our minds, and we still kept looking around and roaming around and getting a feel for the, the whole area in, in total, really. Uh, but we did start the investigation by coming straight back to the first building that I've just mentioned, and we did the investigation in the first corridor. Now, setting up our equipment, bit of a pain. Um, people tend to forget how much we have to carry. Um, and then, because I've been trying to get a different perspective on editing, not just editing in total, but... Editing's one part of the paranormal, especially if you're putting your content on the internet for the public to view and watch. But then you've got to, when your technology is there and you're at a location, you've got to position your cameras in a way, your um, sound equipment in a way, and all your equipment that you're going to be using. So your EMFs, um, your REM pods, your um, voice recorders, everything that's all, all got a position, so it's all in frame. Everything's got to be cock on. So we spent a good... 20 minutes 25 minutes sorting all that out and uh yeah we had a locked off camera on a proper tripod and um, which was our night vision camera if i remember rightly and i had my panasonic in my hand um but had his sls in his hand so we set everything up on this corridor you have to watch this uh, episode by the way so he's doing fantastic online at, at the moment and uh yeah we was down this corridor um as soon as we first started off quiet it there was not too much untoward going on a uh, few knocks and bangs, but you got to remember, you're in an open area, uh, there was no glass in the windows, but there was no wind sponge either. Um, but we have to keep remembering this when it comes to anything um, sound that we pick up. Um, but it just didn't, I mean, you know, if I remember rightly, we, oh, we had cat balls go off quite a lot. Even when we were setting up, I'd positioned everything along this corridor, so it was all in a straight line, so the locked off camera could get it all in frame. And even while I was setting up these, this cat ball was going off right at the very end. And then the one before it, which was three quarters away down the hallway, that was going off as well. So we had two cat balls going off, so which was a a good sign. Uh, and then Brett said something that makes me giggle to this day. He was pointing his head down, sorting his SLS out, and a man was on. And uh, the cat ball went off. And when the cat ball goes off, it flashes red and blue. Now, our police here in England when they've got their lights on the top of the cars, is pure blue. But for some reason, Brett came out with this. I said, oh, Brett, Brett, the cat ball's just gone off. And he, he swore at me, and he was like, oh, God, I've just shat myself. I thought the police were here, and I'm thinking, and I laughed at the time. And so then when I looked back at it, I thought, well, wait there, no, because the, the colours that were flashing were red and blue, not just blue, it was red and blue, which is more American, like, lights that they have on top of their car. <laughs> but it just made me giggle at the time. It's just such a quick, witty reaction. It's like... That's just Brett hands down, but um, I still giggle about it now, to be honest with you. But yeah, so we had that go off at the start. Um, 
And as soon as we started the investigation, my Panasonic camera just went kaput. Just died. Literally started the investigation. I had three, three and a half hours on it, record time. And then uh, I must have recorded 15 minutes and then it went boom. Just shut down on me. So I started back up and then it said one minute left recording. So it, it totally failed. Now I'm not putting that down to power normal. I believe it might be because, I know it because... I need a new battery, and the battery's been failing for a while on it, but not to this point. It just went in a wanna. So I have ordered a new battery, and it's uh, a lot bigger as well, so and a lot more reliable, hopefully, so it shouldn't happen again. So that camera died, the Panasonic, which was gutting, really, because it only left us with my Sony night vision camera, which can flick to colour, but because it's already sat on night vision anyway, when the investigation was going on, I think I remember rightly, I just kept it in night vision, and I had to unscrew that from my tripod and we had to use that instead. Um, which is just one of those. It's part and parcel of when you do paranormal. That some of your equipment might just fail on you. And it's happened to us more than once. And nine times out of ten, I'll go up there the next day and go and replace it. Or whatever's failed and I'll go and replace that, i.e. the battery. Um, but it's just risky you got to take. I've never actually been caught out enough where I've lost a full investigation because of it. Um... I'm lying, I did, I did it once. We went to a uh, an old abandoned uh, medieval church called Warren Percy and did a full investigation. And then when we came to get home, I remember, if I remember rightly, I, I might be wrong, I'm not too sure, there was no data saved in any of the cards. See, that or I've just, I don't know, I think it must be the data thing. I, I, I remember rightly, I've come to check on my Google Drive that we used to use, we don't use it no more, but we used to use a Google Drive and there was no no data on there at all. So whether Google Drive failed um, or the data never got saved on the memory cards, one or the other, but yeah, we've lost the full investigation because of it and we are going back in the summer anyway to... I can't class it as a revisit. Well, I can class it as a revisit because then our heads have already been. But I can't class it to the revisit. Class it as a revisit. Get your words out, Dave. For the general public, because they've never seen the first one. So, fair enough. But we will be going back back to that one. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, the technology. I've never had it properly fail again after that, like it did at Warren Percy, where the cameras just go dead and you've got nothing else to record on, apart from maybe your phone, maybe, which I'd never do anyway. I just. I'd, I'll probably just say, let's cut our losses and we'll come back another time. But yeah, the camera failed on us. So good job, my famous Sony night vision slash colour cam. Um, it's been a godsend since I bought it. Uh, it's never let me down once. It's got extended memory, extended battery. I can record full for a good 10 hours on it, uh, constant. Um, it's, it's, it's fantastic in every way, shape or form. The, the, the thing, it never lets me down. So we had that to fall back on. Hey, just a quick message. Well, it's more of an update, really. Uh, we have an online store uh, for merchandise. It can be bought all from there, and it's all been designed by myself. Uh, unique yet different. Also, every purchase basically helps after that push forward, and it shows your support in our quest to show that life really does exist after death. We as a team, totally dedicated to what we do, are so involved and making the right content, but not just for me, it's for you the supporters who also wonder the same thing. What happens to your spirit, to your energy when you pass over? So basically check it out, click the link in our YouTube uh, about section and the merchandise link will be in there. Click that, it will open the shop, check it out, see what you think. Other than that, flick over to the Facebook page that we've got put in the search bar HGC after dark and the shop will all be on there but make sure you like the page hopefully the shop that you will see and the items we've got on there you will like have a look see what you think other than that thank you very much for listening to this and let's get back to this episode yeah so RF Driffield bit of history on it it is, uh, like I've mentioned before, an old RAF uh, base that was used in both World War One and Two. It was hit by the Germans on August the 15th, 1940, where 169 bombs were dropped 
on the, if you know anything in the background it's the cat playing in the bathroom behind me i do apologize we can pick that up on the mic so yeah it was hit by the germans 169 bombs were dropped on the full plot um extensive damage was created uh, a lot of buildings were lost and 13 pilots or uh, anyone um hierarchy 13 um workers at the time were killed and one civilian uh, due to this uh, air raid and we lost a number of bombers as well uh, planes i think five or six of them went down straight away so extensive damage was caused um it just over 100 years it was used for on and off it, it changed hands the army used it for a bit for their training schedule went back to the RAF, RAF used it for a bit of training, then of course it was a, an active base on both the wars. Um, a lot of planes have flew from there and flew back, it's been hit by the Germans, like I said 169 bombs, mega amount of bombs to hit one area, so the, the damage was very extensive and it took Driffield um, a long time to repair the full damage, I think it was over a year in the end, to, to fully fix the damage and get it back operational again, which is what the Germans wanted at the time. They wanted to knock out all the active bases at the time to try and give them a forefront in war. Clearly it didn't happen because we, we built back up and we came back stronger. And uh, so, yeah, so that happened first time, um, the first time it got hit. Um, I'd already knew about this because I'd done a history check. So I already knew about this before going to the location. Now, the location itself, when we did the investigation, like I said, some of it was pretty much quiet in certain terms. There's no bangs and um anything like that i don't think even the REM pod went off once um, which is kind of shocking and nor the music box i don't think that went off either uh which is it, it's substantial if it does go off now because knowing that we've taken it to such a highly active location and it still didn't go off there but we've taken it to places like manchester arms and it has gone off it just makes it more substantial when it does go off knowing that the box actually does work um so that didn't go off either but when i came to edit by god the evps that i picked up um I asked a question, one of them was, I asked a question, can you tell me your name? It's one of the main questions you have in an investigation. Can you tell me your name? Um, we didn't hear anything with our naked ear. When I came back to editing, um, I realised what I picked up. So my spirit talker, which is on my phone, constantly running, um, while my phone's in flight mode, so it doesn't affect any technology. It's always in flight mode when this app is running. Um, it came up with the name Leonard, but then a second later, my EVP uh, caught a class A reply, which was the guy actually saying Leonard. So he said Leonard, but a second before the spirit talker picked it up first, which is absolutely phenomenal. And it's in the final edit. Um, I couldn't believe that. And then when we went actually to the bar area, um, I asked, I can't remember a question I asked off the top of my head, but I was explaining something to do with the war and if it, um, some question along related with that. And then we got an EVP reply again saying, get the Germans. Get the Germans. How can that be turned down as not paranormal proof? When you go into a location which was history checked, it had been for the war, it was hit massively by the Germans. And then to get an EVP at a place, at a bar, where everyone would have congregated once upon a time, back in that day where a lot of memories is incorporated into the building, into the wall, into the fixtures and fittings, and then to get an EVP, which was only about, I would consider it a class B, to say, get the Germans, fantastic evidence. And when I heard it with my own ears, I was like, oh, I was all giddy again. Brilliant. There's a few more um, EVPs that came through as well. I think all in all, I picked up about five, maybe six through the full um, edit, but the edit itself is the best we've ever had. Um, regarding um, statistics so for the first 10 hours I think it hit a thousand views straight away on YouTube and I think we were a thousand three hundred now or something now and that was in the first 10 hours we never had that ever so it, it did it's pretty much YouTube kind of helping us now we've been doing it that long now YouTube might have kind of picked us up I don't know well it must have done because all our other episodes before that for season one I've also picked up so they're flying now as well and I think just on the RAF Driffield alone with 130 hours watch hours just on that one episode which warms my little bitty heart and that knowing that people um, are actually enjoying the edit and people are watching it um, 
weirdly enough, 66% of you were female, which is another statistic that I'd like to tell everyone, um, which I've checked out on. So yeah, the edit itself was brilliant. Um, I'd used all original, um, all original, because what I'll do is, when I do the edit, I've mentioned on previous episodes, I'll uh, create the story that's happened. There's a story to every location that you go to. Um, every spirit that communicates to you, to you or with you at a location, there's always a story connected. And I always try and entwine into that, whether that's checking the archives, the history, the internet, everything. And it all pieces together. And of course, when I do the edit, I'm listening to everything. So all the EVP recorder that's been recorded at all times, um, looking for all the footage. And it, it, it creates that story in my head, which then I can portray and edit and then put out on social media i.e. our YouTube. So pretty much that's how um, it, it happened. And what I'd done is I'd picked up um, all original footage from here, there and everywhere. Literally scoured the whole wide web um, of original German footage, uh, of the original planes that flew and landed from RAF Driffield, the original photos that were taken at RAF Driffield when it was an active base and when it was going for the wars. Everything's original from start to finish. Thoroughly enjoyed the edit. I really did. Uh, learned a lot actually on this edit how to split screen uh, because we was using the SLS and was using my at the time knocked off um, night vision camera my Sony, but also using my color camera in my hand. I had to split screen quite a lot, which means matching everything up, not just visually but sound as well. All's, it's all got to be matched up. So the edit, I uh, I learned a lot from the edit. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it, and then seeing the uh, reaction what happened when I actually clicked to submit to put it up on the internet. Warmed up my heart, really chuffed of it, fantastic. It was, it was brilliant, it really was. And it, it, it came, to be honest with you, it was a good conclusion to season one. Season one has been a very hard, slog, long-winded season. A lot of work has gone into not just the recording, finding the locations, um, getting the right equipment, getting to the locations, doing investigations and editing, bearing in mind I work full time as well in the background. But then also have to sort out when Brett can come and when he can't, when Michelle can come and when she can't, when I can do it and I can't. It, a whole lot has got to be incorporated and, and really worked out to a T. So calendar's all got to be all done and communication is key really if anything that's what i'm trying to say so we did six episodes on season one which has now come to an end and it's been a brilliant really really good season uh the evidence caught and the the episodes that we've done brilliant fantastic speaks for itself the edits of from season um the edits from the first episode to the sixth episode is, I believe has always progressed. It's never gone downhill. It's always gone uphill. So I've always learnt more, ex uh, experimented a bit more, tried something different. Um, so I believe that front has gone really well as well. Um, and of course, the the views and the watch hours that YouTube has shown me via the analytics to all the episodes again speaks volumes. Um, so it's been fantastic. Uh, can't grumble anywhere, shape or form. And it was a it's a massive learning curve, if anything, but a pleasurable one all the same so season two is now already in the making i've already made and sorted out all the promotional stuff everything from the banners pictures locations have been booked paid for um everything from start to finish is all being done and dusted we're now in the process of recording and editing and sorting that out and that will be up july the first that's the date that I promised it will be up and ready and ready to go. And it'll be weekly updates from July the 1st. And it'll be between 8 and 10 episodes. The locations we've got are absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, I mentioned a few of them that we've already come across. I think I mentioned it in the last episode of the locations that I've mentioned that we've already got and sorted out. Um, there's only a few of us that were just in the makings of trying to swing about and get done. Uh, Bishton Hall, which is an old... Um, very very old hall in england um very very active i've looked at all the episodes on bishton hall from all previous investigation teams that have actually gone to this location and it's just been brilliant the ep the the quality they've picked up has been 
tend to brilliant. It's one of those that you've got to go to. When you see it on TV and you think, oh, they're doing it. It's not too far away from me. I've got to get there. See what we can pick up. So Bishton Hall's another one. A massive location. Shrewsbury Prison. I have been dreaming of this place. I want this place so bad. Um, I've inquired about it. And we've got certain dates that have been uh, emailed back. And these dates, are, I believe, are doable and can be done. So that could possibly be a good episode which will be going on season two. And then also Accrington Prison and Courts, already booked and paid for and sorted. Another fantastic location. Looking at the, uh, if you've watched it, which I presume you have, the Gainsborough one, like I've mentioned before in the last podcast, I, do, I don't mean to go over my words again, but the uh, Accrington one is 15 times the size. 15 times the space and 15 times the history. Uh, the evidence caught there again has been a brilliant and it's another location that I've always wanted to get to and get my hands on and I finally got that. So that's another one. Um, another one that I'm looking at getting is an, an old um, what do you, a funeral parlour that we've got, Aniston's in Hull. Uh, very rife for activity, uh, poltergeist activity as well, which is also something that gets my blood pumping around my veins. Um, that's another location that I've I've already inquired about, we will be getting a date, and that will be on season two, and of course also my dad's place. I don't know if anyone's made aware, but my dad passed away a couple of weeks ago, probably three, four weeks ago now, and he died unfortunately in his apartment, um, but I might be able to sort out where I can actually go back to the apartment and investigate that. Um, that's another thing that's going to be potentially on the cards for season two, and then we've also got a few other locations that are already in the pipeline, um, that are all pinned and ready to do in between that which are more the private i would call it the private sector of uh, the paranormal and they're in the in the, the pipeline as well so between eight and ten episodes for season two is what's planned and probably will be fine going ahead and we'll stick with the, with the uh with the deal on that one i suppose um the music box updates by the way the music box we've got a music box this thing's a tank um, so we spoke to Brett, I spoke to Brett and said, look Brett, the music box fantastic mate, but we need to really shrink it down. Not just so we can fit it in our equipment bags, it's more to the point is, it's just big. <laughs> so we are looking at shrinking that down, um, probably classing it as a modified 2 version because I think Brett mentioned that he's going to modify bits and bobs inside to make it a bit more substantial to what it is now. I mean it's a fantastic bit of equipment now. So making it any better is going to be a beneficial gain to After Dark. But shrinking it down, making it smaller so it's more compact so it can fit in your hand. And then also modifying it to make it that bit stronger so the range a bit more longer. And also incorporating an LED light so when it goes off an LED, LED light would show. Um, stuff like that. He's, he's mentioned it in Small Talk. So yeah, that's another thing that's going to be um, on the go. And of course I've just mentioned the Ghost Adventure, that their three camera setup that they've got. Um, we will be looking at getting that ourselves as well so that's another thing that will definitely be in the pipeline to get sorted, made and done and dusted because that's a bit of technology I believe will uh, definitely go really well after dark uh, new merch, I've mentioned that before merch doors still open, always getting added to um, and that's always a long running thing and I'll always be mentioning it on every upload regarding a podcast or, and even on the episodes of um, on our YouTube channel for the uh, regarding the merch, have a look see what you think if there's something on there you don't like you don't have to buy it but if there's something on there you think mm, that's all right i don't mind that if you want to buy it please do because every penny earn it goes straight back into the into after dark and it just gives us better locations better tech and just keeps us pushing forward um but don't feel begrudged to buy anything just have a look see what you think and a lot of effort has gone into it and hopefully uh, you like what you see and if you've got any feedback on it by God, drop me a message and I'll be more than happy to read it and see what we can sort out uh, at the end of the day. I'm, I'm, I'm there for that reason. So if I'm doing something wrong or you think a different design could be made or a different logo or this, that, the other, spring your ideas onto me. More than happy to look into that. Um, I am looking at doing for season two interviews. So when we go to locations, I'm actually going to get someone who's either seen something there gone through an episode uh, gone through an episode gone through a situation at that location or has kind of like proof 
or anything shape or form so i'm looking at doing interviews so i am actually um ordering some new mics which are going to be wireless mics which will be connected to my um either my evp recorder or my camera audio directly so i can do proper interviews i think personally going forward not just the tech that we hold in our arsenal is important i think when we go to locations interviews that um of pretty much and something that someone's been through at that location whether they've seen something whether they've got a story whether they can point me in the right direction either way an interview i think would be very very good and very good to start doing um so i am looking at doing interviews Um two uh two mics will be ordered and that is definitely going to be uh another thing on the horizon for season two season two season three kind of time um, but I'm looking forward to doing that because it's always good to get another person's perspective on a location before you even set th- your foot through the door. Gives you an idea of what you're walking into, and if because at the end of the day, what you read online is what you read online. It's what people interpret, don't they? Whether you believe it or not is another matter. I always take it with a pinch of salt. Um, when I go to a location, I go fresh first, um, open-minded, uh, and what we pick up, we pick up, um, and we as an individual after dark company we pick up on our own investigation other um companies will pick up their own thing as well but i will always watch them just to give me an, an idea of what i'm walking into which is another thing we always do well i do anyway so yeah the interviews um is definitely going to be going forward with that um we actually have two mics so yeah we've got two i've got two mics already brett's got one and i've got one somewhere in the in my apartment but i just don't think they're up to standard i think they're wired mics and i want them to be wireless so i can have more control so that's definitely going to be uh, on the on the cusp of getting sorted out. Uh, the new office space again, still going ahead. And um, podcast um, stage and studio, all still looking at going ahead. Just waiting for a few bits and bobs and information to come back and uh, for me to finally commit and sign the dotted line. But again, it's all plans for the future, which keeps me giddy and my heart beating. Um, but I always like to mention it on the podcast on these episodes that is also going ahead it's just some things take a bit longer than others and also the scotland and wales trips are still going ahead as well um edinburgh vaults needs to be done and the catacombs in france is another location i really 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 want to do um that's an, another location that oh, it just makes me excited all the time knowing what they've picked up uh, evidence wise there very haunted location especially edinburgh vaults i can go on and on about the history about that place i mean everyone knows edinburgh is a medieval looking town city anyway but the history connected to it and what went on when poverty was around and everyone these tunnels the, the everyone used to live in these tunnels um a lot of bad shit happened down there and it's a very volatile place to go to especially for a paranormal investigator so that's another location that will definitely be sorted out when we do get to um, scotland and get that um that trip sorted out so i'm definitely looking for that uh, and also the last thing is that we are looking at doing private and home business private home investigations everyone knows we've done before in the past we are still looking at doing them and business locations so that's another thing that we're looking at season two as well um it don't matter what building it is whether it's a business now or it's being converted to a home if it's active it's active whatever is connected to it whether it's the history the land it surrounds on or the plot it sits on no matter what it, the company's doing now or the, the building's doing now, again, if it's something that is doable, um, I will be looking at definitely inquiring about getting something like that in the future. So that's another thing I'd like to mention that is definitely in the pipeline going forward. So I am blabbing. Is there anyone ever heard of Katrina? Is it Weedman? Weedman? Have you heard of her? No? She's got her own YouTube channel. Now, I'm mentioning the hair, this woman, this girl, because I think she's brilliant. And I think every paranormal person has got someone, not that, that they look up to, but I've got some a few individuals that I like to get ideas from and literally admire. And Katrina has been doing this paranormal for, God, over 15 years now. I think she was first made aware on, well, everyone made made know of her from Paranormal State. Ran between 2007 and 2011, she was on there. And of course, she did the Nick Groff Paranormal Lockdown after that. She's the girl in there. And then she did Portals to Hell, which she's currently still running now. That started in 2019 and is still on Discovery as I speak. 
Um, she did it with uh, she did it with Jack Osborne, I think I'm correct in saying Jack Osborne, yeah, and that's on Discovery. Um, she is just she's brilliant. So she's finally after dropping so many hints of um, made her own YouTube channel, which is brilliant. And one second, Max, stop it. He's, he's got this thing where he flicks his litter out. Was, oh, does my nothing. So she made her own YouTube channel and she's teamed up with another girl that used to be in Paranormal State with her and they are doing investigations themselves and their first episode is uh, White Hill Mansion. Um, she's done like a little teaser for it. But she's really good at what she does. Fantastic at what she does. Uh, she knows the paranormal industry throughout. She's very good at what she does, like I've mentioned. And she's clued up, she's got a head on her shoulders. Um, so I would definitely like to everyone to nip on youtube whenever you get a chance and just put in travel with the dead that's her actual youtube channel and uh, she's brilliant like i said and um looking at what she's done in the past now she's gone solo but with her best mate and still doing a paranormal made me giddy so i had to mention that straight away is that something that needs to really everyone needs to look at because it's uh it's just an interesting fact really that she's good at what she does so whatever she's going to pick up by herself now going forward i can only guess it'll be a lot better than what she's done in the past i'm looking through my paperwork to see what i can say next because my mind goes blank right season two there will be a new intro yes they're gonna be a brand new intro every season will be a new intro um i enjoy editing which people mention i've mentioned to people before so I'm going to create a brand new intro and the intro will be based on season one. Um, so season two will be based on the new intro of season one and previous location we've been to. Um, intro, I think, is just important. Every company should have one, really, but a lot of YouTube companies don't. Um, or channels don't. They just have like a logo that pops up with a bit of music in the background, done dusted. I don't. I like to have a proper intro. It's It just tells the story in the first. The intro could be a minute and 30 seconds long, for example, but it just shows what activity we picked up and what we are as a as a team in that intro. So I've always wanted to have an intro, and that's going to be something that's going to be designed for season two. Um, that's something that I'm getting my head around now, what, what look I want to go for and how I want to go about doing it. So I thought I'd mention that to you. I have got a few questions been sent in and some of them are pretty decent actually where when i've written them out i'm like oh god what am i going to say to this but i'll start off with a question one now uh veronica she's uh, emailed in and she put what's the darkest place i've ever or it says you so what's the darkest place you've ever investigated so that could be myself or the team but no team next to me so it's just me darkest place i've investigated right um darkest place i mean i've been we've done over 40 locations now and i think the darkest it's between two really suicide house with the i would say i had a very dark past i mean if you feel that we've just done that's got a dark past as well oh the darkest one i do oh god um there. i would like to say suicide house because as soon as I walked in and did that investigation, the bangs was hearing, the growling, the snarling. It didn't want us there, and by God, it made us aware of it, but it got me hooked. And I kept going back again and again. I think I did it three times in the end because I knew it had more to offer. But there's also that care room as well. That had a dark past because it was illegally ran for over 20 years. And a lot of old people that like to kind of retire and have a, a quiet life where getting treated very nice and that was very dark especially when all our equipment was telling us this right in front of us oh that could be two yeah i'm gonna say the care home i'm gonna say the care home because uh the way the people were treated when they got there and how the whole place was run the, the the evidence that were picked up to coincide with all this, especially I got my first class A EVP there of an old woman, um, and my first shadow figure there. Yeah, I'm gonna say the care home. I think the care home secrets one. I think that was probably the most volatile, darkest place I've ever been to. I think personally. Yeah, I would, I would go with that. I'll go with that. I had to think about that one, but yeah, I hope that's answered you for your questions, Veronica. And if you've uh, not seen the episode, flick on that episode 
um, the care home one um, it opens up your eyes to what really goes on behind closed doors especially when you think that you're going to retire and go to an old care home but this care home shouldn't be in around it was ran illegally for 20 odd years and the people that were employed there didn't know what they were doing so there was a lot of mistreating going on um, so yeah very um, detailed and eye-opening episode to say the least question two this is from Paul um, he did write down his location but I forgot to add it again to this um, question so my apologies Paul so if you're hearing your name in your question thank you very much for sending this in he has asked what do you do in your downtime when you're not working on the channel who oh. shout at the cat for flicking his litter all over the bathroom That's probably the main thing um, I love my sport uh, big into my sport MA technology so my sport is football follow it through and through in rugby uh, I love my boxing as well so pretty much everything really um, I love my technology um, I like doing that I work really hard I do I like to say it I have to say it I, I, I do night shifts and I, I graph my ass off knowing that the money I earn not just keeps the roof over my head so to speak also I plough it all into after dark as well so I do a lot of that, a lot of overtime and stuff. Um, so I do that bit in my spare time. Um, I've just started the gym again, finally. Because I started and stopped with the COVID thing going on. The gym's all got shut down, so I ended up buying weights and doing them at home. Um, and I've just started back up now. I know it's been a while. I should have done it a while ago, but I just never got around to it. Um, and I'm also, um, yeah, I'm thinking on my diet. I'm cutting down on my crap that I eat. Or trying to, whether it's working, I don't know. But I mean, I'm calorie counting. That's what I'm going to try to say. Calorie counts, uh, I, I eat about just over a give and take a thousand calories a day now, um, which is half probably a meal intake, give and take. So I do that, and that's been going on for about three or four weeks now, um, just to try and cut down some of this uh, this weight I put on over the, over the COVID, which I can't seem to shift. It's like a bad smell. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, everyone knows I've got a cat now, so he takes a bit of me attention. Um, after dark planning which avenue to go down locations stuff like that all that takes me attention up in my spare time um going to the pub nights out stuff like that. just yeah the normal basic guy stuff i suppose um i love my um hockey so i always buy expensive hockey jerseys um, and collect them originally not to wear but i end up wearing them <laughs> i need to stop doing that um so i do, I do that i'm always scouring the web for that um, to try and find the like a really nice decent hockey jersey i want to get some really nice ones like a pittsburgh penguins one a really nice detailed one i want to get them framed that's another thing i've been really wanting to do for a while um so yeah um stuff like that really i suppose i'm not the most interesting of people i'll tell you that's for sure i hope that's answered your question paul I'd, my man's gone blank to be honest with you it could be pretty much i probably click stop on the recording and loads more will come to my man Paul but yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell really so the next question I, did, I got off Tina and uh, she put it's a real good question this actually has your senses and empathy increased since starting going on to locations like your personal abilities she put in question mark yes 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 110% and you can't control it it just happens I think you can control it to a certain extent where you just clear your mind before you go to a location. That always helps. But I would definitely, uh, yes, um, every sense you've got in your body is going off the charts when you go to a location. It's, it's knowing how to control that. You don't want to go to a location and be all tensed up and on edge. You want to be relaxed, calm, um, open to what's going on around you someone asks you a question answer it professionally and reply not be like a cat in the headlights kind of looking around thinking someone's going to jump out on me the act paranormal activity uh, paranormal activity paranormal locations at nine times at tonight like that um the more calm you are when you go in the more evidence you tend to pick up um i do get nervous don't get me wrong every location i go to i am nervous but that increased heart rate helps because i've said this before in a previous episode your heart is a is a miniature battery to the spirits which feed off energy and the little 
magnetic pulses that it sends up and down your spine via nerve endings spirits can feed off that so you'll be nervous at an investigation you'll only benefit from it you'll never get anything you'll never lose anything from it um but yeah clearly open your mind up keep calm keep collective and when you go in you this is my personal what happens with me when i go in my mind's clear completely clear what's going on in my day-to-day life um whatever it could be at that time it's just gone and i go into a location i'm all clear and you tend to kind of picture if there's a spirit wanting to communicate you kind of sometimes get flashbacks of what their life used to be like or what they're trying to say to you or when you are asking relevant questions all of a sudden something will come into your mind like like what to answer next even though you th- and you think to yourself when you when you ask it you think where the hell did that come from stuff like that you tend to happen a hell of a lot more than what you think always pay attention to it pay attention to your surroundings the questions that you're as- asking pay attention to what you've asked don't repeat yourself um and i think if i were to give it any more advice i would say the empathy part always open your heart up these spirits, some of them might have died viciously, quickly, painfully. And the more empathy that you can show them and open your heart up to them, because you you, you got to remember you're in their home, their location, what they they cherish. So if you can open your heart up and be a lot... And just remember... Do you know what? Yeah, just empathy. It's just a bit. It's a, it's a great word that way. If if you can try and connect to the spirits that you're wanting to communicate with, nine times out of ten, if you've got it right, they will communicate back. Fact. These are human beings that want used to be once upon a time on this earth. So you need to remember that. And so when you go to the location you want to communicate, they don't have to. But if you if you are empath empathize with what they've been through, um and open up your mind and your heart to that you'll be very begrudged where you wouldn't get activity if you didn't get activity there's something wrong spirits tend to look at that and want to communicate i believe so yeah i would put that probably give it that's my my point of view from it but yeah your senses everything increases as cat keeps attacking my leg it's done my nothing and you just need to pay attention to your surroundings and what's actually going on and as locations go by and time goes by it's like a jigsaw puzzle it just clicks together and next thing you know your 40 investigation is down you go into a location and you're so calm and collective about what's going on around you activity seems to be rife and it will be rife and it just it all clicks together it makes sense so yeah definitely i hope that has answered your question tina and a brilliant question in itself thank you very much for sending that in uh, the next question we got was uh, off Tommy. Um, how do you approach locations now? To uh, um, start that again. How do you approach clo- uh, blah, blah, blah. How do you approach locations now to when you first started? So it's very similar, to, well, similar to Tina's question, I suppose, but kind of isn't. Um, when I first started, my first one was Degree Street, and we ran before we can walk. We didn't have the principles in place to a certain extent. We didn't have the core ready. Nothing. It felt rushed. It just felt rushed, I think. A lot of evidence was dropped, and that's just not me personally. Um, Of course, I've mentioned before, we had a different editor then, so of course, a lot of um, evidence was dropped um, because of that. Not because of him, but just in general, the communication was just rubbish between all of us. The technology we had then, yes, we just started off, but it just wasn't good enough. And I think all of that in all just affected that full five series episode on such a fantastic location. It could have been a lot better. And to this day, I still think to myself, now I'd love to go back there now and just redo it all again because I know the evidence now that we'd capture with our mindset and our experience we've got now and the technology we hold and possess the evidence would be 10 times better the episode would be 10 times better and it'd be a lot more better for the viewing public if we went back there it's just something that niggles in the back of my head i'm just not too sure if it's something that could be sorted out but again i'd love to change that i really really would um 
So and then, so that was then in Degray Street and at first of investigation, that's a year and four months ago. So when we went to RF Driftfield, RF Driftfield, it was just plain sailing from start to finish. Okay, we climbed over the fence when we got into the place, even though there was a hole a bit further down, probably at like 10 yards down, so we could walk straight through. Um, but apart from that, everything was plain sailing. Communication between me and Brett to go into the location was cock on. The uh, equipment that we took, cock on. Um, yes, my battery have drained, but it's just a freak of nature, I suppose. Um, but when we was there, we communicated, we spoke all times. It was just, it's a lot more professional. When you're professional, it kind of makes it easy to edit as well. So you know when you're pulling all your data off your cameras and your EVP recorders, it's all in sequence. So you all put it in your file on your editing computer, which, I'm do, which I would do. Um, and everything's all cock on and then Brett would then send me his SLS footage and his um, camera footage which is connected to it he'll send that over to me and then I'll get the episode edited and get it sorted out it, the communication from start to finish was just cock on and it just made out to be a fantastic episode in the end and when I put that towards the grey street I suppose you got to start somewhere at the end of the day you really do um, if I could change the past I would, but I also, I don't think I would, would not, sorry, because it's made us who we are now. You have to make mistakes and learn from them to keep pushing forward. If you don't make mistakes and everything went plain sailing from the start, I believe you would get bored and I believe you'd have no goals anymore. So I'm glad the mistakes that we have made through little mistakes to big mistakes, I'm glad we've done them because collectively as a team and as a unit, you just learn from them, pick yourself up and push forward. Um, so, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll probably say that to me, yeah. I think each investigation is different. Um, like I said before, I've done, oh, I've done personally over 40 of them now and it all just clicks together now a lot more than what it did a year and a half ago. So I can only imagine now in another year, year and a half, what it would be like. Personally, I'd like to say it'd be 10 times better, but we just don't know. But I believe it will be 10 times better, to be honest with you. I think, we'll be, well, I think we're on that path, and that path, um, it just it fits It's well. It fits well. The team's brilliant. We work to get together as a, as a really good team, and um, and the episodes kind of speak volumes, really, and the evidence we pick up. So I hope that answers your question, Tommy. Thank you very much for sending that in. Uh, any questions from anyone, just pop them in. A message whether you want to send it on Instagram Instagram say it properly or our Facebook page um, HGC after that you can flick on there and you can click message and, and message anything personally to me whether it's a question or story or situation or just I don't know something that you might want to think might could benefit from changing or any idea you've got going on in your head really fire them away i mean i'll read every single one of them and nothing's too small so yeah fire them away i really i appreciate it uh the last three two three weeks the the channel's been going phenomenal we've started off i think a month ago on 600 uh 630 uh subscribers and now we're 870 or something in the space of the next three weeks um, 2,000 views in the space of a month, 2,300 and um, of a 150 hours, watch hours. Uh, the channel's phenomenal. The channel's going really well, so at the end of the day, it wouldn't be going well if it wasn't for you guys watching, clicking, and subscribing. So, thank you. Each and every one of you. It makes so much different. It really does. When you watch an episode, if you like it, click the like button little things like that just gets us up that ladder on youtube and youtube then pick us up and notices you gotta remember youtube is a massive platform and a lot of channels just get just disappear you know they just don't get seen as quick as they should do i don't want to be one of those channels so every like every comment that you put on if you've seen something in yeah in an episode that i might have missed bang it on the comments it's just another thing that youtube pick up on uh and we benefit from it uh, and it's free to you to do and um, it costs it costs you your time a couple of seconds maybe a minute to type it up um but it just means the world towards knowing that little things like that is just as important as anything else really so just keep doing that it's brilliant that you do do it um and if you do get a chance just keep doing it thank you uh, but yeah the channel is going from uh, strength to strength i'm really chuffed with it at the moment 
um, it just shows that what we are doing, um, we're doing it well or enough for people to keep coming back and keep watching. And in the, the day, it's my pride, it's my passion, and I really love it down to my core. And uh, and I'll keep doing it for as long as I live, uh, because I know there's so many questions out there regarding life after death. And it's, it's an open book in the, the day, and each location has got its own story and its own thing going on there. And we intend to go to as many as we can and pick up as much evidence as we can and keep creating episodes as many as I can and keep putting it out there for the world to watch, enjoy and understand. Because when you die, your spirit just doesn't disappear. It really doesn't. Your energy will always stay on this earth in one way, shape or form. But this has been another solo. I hope you've enjoyed it. And it's episode 10. I've got it right this time. I believe it's episode 10. Um, I can double check actually while I'm online to make sure that I do get it right. Uh, because last time I said it was episode 8 and I think it was 9. So I think I'm right. I will double check while everyone is still online now. Uh, and we are on. Come on, internet. Load up quicker. Come on, internet. We are on episode 10. I was right. So we are on episode 10. This is season 1, episode 10. You've listened to Dave. My next, another solo. Hopefully we'll get the guys back next week. If not, I'll be me again. Um, but this has been After Dark, Paranormal Quest. It's been a pleasure. And I will speak to you again next week. Bye. Bye.